It is, uh, it is a joy to be here with you this morning. This is, this is what I know. Narratives change and miracles happen when we are willing to join the conversation. My name is Jason Tash, and I have the joy of serving with Destiny Rescue. And nearly every day I get to celebrate narratives changing, stories changing, and miracles happening because people just like you are willing to enter into their story to help change the narrative so they can be rescued out of child sexual exploitation and trafficking and discover God's preferred future for their life. <clears throat> I, I want to invite you into a story. I want to invite you, matter of fact, I wanna challenge you, hopefully inspire you, that you, God wants to use you to come and be a part of the narrative in someone else's story, though you may never meet them, God is uniquely inviting you to join their story to help change their narrative. Uh, our family loves stories. I come from a, a long line of storytellers, and I think most of them are true. Some of them I'm still doubting. Though my, my grandfather and my father, they're still swearing by them, but nevertheless, uh, we come from a, a, a long line of storytellers. My daughter, our youngest daughter, she loves to hear our family stories. One of the ones that she asked me to tell the most is when I first met her mother. She loves to hear how we came to be as a family. She loves to hear that I walked into the room and, and it was crowded, but I saw, her, uh, I, I saw her across the room and I was captivated by her. There was something I just, and, and, and it was who she, there was just something radiant about her. And, and I kind of elbowed my buddy and I said, I'm gonna marry her one day. He, he took one look at her, he said, dude, she's way out of your league, I can tell you that. I said, I know. Listen, I was a, I was a coward, I didn't talk to her all night. Didn't, didn't talk to her, didn't have an interaction. By happenstance, three months later, I ran into her again. This was my chance. I mustered up all I could. And in the most nerdy, awkward way, I asked her out on a date. I didn't even say hi. In my mind, I was already there. We were already in relationship. I was so nervous. I just asked her out. She said, I don't date strangers. <laughs> now listen, this isn't the best advice, men don't use this, but this is what I said. This is as corny and cheesy as you can get, but this is all I got. I said, well, how long do I have to talk to you before I'm no longer a stranger? She smiled. She says, how about we start with lunch? I said, okay. Hey, three months later, we were married. Hey, hey now, not too bad. 26 years later, we are loving and serving Jesus together. We got three kids, three grandkids. Man, it's amazing. Ah, I appreciate you, thank you. Listen, my daughter loves hearing that story and she loves hearing how I had to fight for my wife and, and, and just kind of all the stories that go along in there. She said, Dad, tell me that one again. I love telling it. I love telling your story. I love telling your story. You, you don't know me and I don't know you personally, but I tell your story often. I, I tell the story of how Tori, then Kraft, now Crawford, was invited 
and she got to hear about children being exploited and trafficked and there was something that she could do, there was a way that, that she could get involved in helping kids be free and she entered into that story and wanting to change the narrative along with the uh, your women's basketball team says we've got to do something. God embedded the story of these children in her soul. She couldn't shake it. And so she carried their voice in and through the women's basketball team. And the women's basketball team came together and stood in the gap as they heard the cries of the vulnerable and said, we have to respond to that call. And they've been standing in the gap. And I love to tell your story because for the last five years, through the leadership of your women's basketball team, miracles are happening. And you're gonna hear about three of them today. Because of the leadership, can I celebrate with you? Because they responded to the call and entered into the conversation and helped change the narrative, 21 miracles have happened in the lives of, of victims where they are now free. Not only did you help bring freedom to 21 people, but in many of their cases, you have helped break this generation cycle so their children will no longer know the darkness and the evil their mother had to endure. Because of the leadership, not only your team, not only in Crossroads League, but teams throughout the country have heard your story and what you've been able to do. They've said yes to joining the conversation and they have chosen to do a blackout game and stand in the gap of children. Your light is shining across the nation. I, I wanna say thank you not only to Tori but to Michaela who took the torch from Tori and has kept the flame going. And this year, Elena who's now fanning the flame to say let's enter into our sixth year of saying it's not okay to sell kids. They deserve a safe bed and they deserve the opportunity for God's preferred future and I'm ready to answer the call and I wanna say thank you team for your leadership and impact and making miracles happen. What is it? What does it mean for us to enter into the conversation and change the narrative? And, and, and why does compassion and generosity matter? What I, what I just briefly learned is that you heard this story last week. Here's the deal though, I've prayed about it and God said you needed to hear it again. Here's, here's, here's what I'm hoping, that we won't read the scripture and say, oh yeah, we heard that last week because I know it was amazing. But what I'm gonna ask for you to do is say, God, if this is what you want us to hear again, it must be because there's something else you want us to learn, what is it? What is it? Because there might be somebody else on the other side of that story that is dependent upon you hearing it. God has chosen this unique setting, this unique time, this unique people who says, I need you in this story. I want you to be a part with me of changing the narrative and making miracles happen. So I ask for you, like me, who's read this story multiple times, to enter into it again with freshness and say, God, what is it that you would have for me today? Deal, let's make the deal.
One of the most controversial stories, probably at the time that Jesus would tell, this is how it begins in Luke. And behold, a lawyer stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Watch how Jesus responds. Verse 26, he said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says to the lawyer, you have answered correctly, he says. Get this, do this, Jesus says, do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Well, the lawyer asked in verse 29, but he desiring to justify himself says to Jesus, who is my neighbor? He's interested in eternal life. He's trying to trap Jesus. Who is my neighbor? Here's what I'm learning in my own life. May, it, it might apply for some of you, maybe none of you. Maybe you're further down the road than I am, but this is what I'm learning. When Jesus is often disrupting my soul, when he's disrupting my rhythm, when he's disrupting my plans, when it's not going exactly how I think it should go, this is, I often act like the lawyer here and I want to minimize or manage the kingdom. I need to minimize it to something I can control, something I can manage, something that seems good to me. So Jesus tells him a story. I love stories. Three months later, we were married. That's pretty good, right? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him, beat him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when we saw him, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, kind of a junior varsity player here, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, this is what I want you to remember out of the story. I'm going to come back to it. He had compassion on him. He went to him, he bound his wounds, poured oil and wine, set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him, whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers, he said, the one who showed mercy? And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. How do I join the conversation that helps change the narrative and why does compassion and generosity matter? This word had compassion on him. This word compassion, it really only shows up three unique times in the Bible. Three unique times does it show up. And it's this word splagnizomai. It's not pasta. Splagnizomai. 
Splagnizomai means to feel. You, you guys can come. To feel the intensity of the pain so deep in your gut that it moves you to action. Splagnizomai. It, 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 you feel it so deep. You feel the injustice. You feel the hurt. You feel the wrongness so deep inside you that you, says, you say, this cannot be. It has to change. And so you enter into the conversation. I feel splagnizomai when I hear one million children every year are trafficked and exploited. I can feel the pain of that. It says it's not okay. Kids are not for sale. You'll understand splagnizomai as you hear three moments, three, three quotes that capture the life of children who are being exploited. The first. My name is Tamana. I'm eight years old. I'm left alone as my mom has gone to another village for work. Men in my village notice that she's gone. They come and take me into a field every day and they hurt me badly. I don't speak anymore. They threatened me to be silent. Splagnizomai, an eight-year-old being dragged into the field every day and every day abused and threatened into silence. Splagnizomai. My name is Sally. I am 16 years old. As the oldest of my siblings, I am responsible for providing for them. With little education and no proper skills, I, am, I didn't understand it until it was too late and I was tricked and trapped into the sex industry, having to sell myself over and over. 16-year-old, splagnizomai, the last. My name is Lawan and I am 15 years old. I was promised the opportunity to go to school, but instead was forced to please customers in a bar. I wasn't allowed to leave until all the men were gone. Thank you. Thank you. The, these are real stories that when I hear them, it's so deep inside and I hope it resonates, I hope it impacts so deep inside your soul that it moves you to action that you say this should not be the reality and I want to join the conversation to help change the narrative in their life give them the opportunity for their miracles. So what does it mean for us? I think we need to notice the way the Samaritan behaves in the story. He stops, he feels the pain of the injustice in his gut and he responds with compassion and generosity. He's saying whatever it takes, as much as it is up to me, I'm willing and ready to do whatever it takes to help bring rightness to this wrongness. The lawyer wanted to know, who is my neighbor? Jesus wants to know, are you loving your neighbor? I'm, I'm learning this. The longer that I follow Jesus, the more that I see his compassion and generosity in my life, and the more that he shows me his kids around the world that he loves, I'm learning this, that I can't ignore hurting people 
and love Jesus at the same time. It's not kingdom. You, you can't love Jesus and ignore hurting people. It's what the story is telling us. There's, there, there's one more detail in this story that I want to share and I, I really want to hone in on. Since Jesus is talking to a Jewish audience, he makes the guy that is beaten and robbed and left a Jew. And, and in this essence is what he's saying is if it was you, if it were you, beaten and robbed and left on the road for dead, if it were you who were exploited tricked and trapped and enslaved how would you want to be rescued how would you want to be responded to Hebrews 13 3 gives us a great context in this when it says remember those in prison and can I just share with you not every prison has walls that my guess is in a room this size there are some who are in a prison of shame some are in a prison of addiction. Some are in a prison of guilt. Some are in a prison of depression. Prisons exist without walls and we all go through them and face them. Remember those in prison who were exploited and tricked, trapped and being trafficked, enslaved as if you were there yourself. Remember those being mistreated. Here's the word, here it comes again as if it were you yourself being mistreated, as if you could feel their pain. We seek to rescue our neighbor the way we would want our neighbor to seek to rescue us. We join the conversation, we change the narrative, we, we help make miracles happen, we join God in this conversation when we do for others what we would want others to do for us. It's how we join in. This is what I'm noticing as I read the Bible. So many miracles, so many miracle stories in the Bible begin with one day. It'll start off one day Jesus went, one day people came, one day. You today can give a child a one-day story. You can help them have their one day instead of allowing them to experience a same, uh, another same day. But we can come together to give them a one day. This is what a one day sounds like. The same three broken stories that you heard. Now listen to their one day story. My night terrors have ended. I now get to play safely with my friends. I'm so excited to be in school, and I'm going to be a teacher one day. I've graduated school, own my very own bakery, and work as an advertising agency. I've been able to save up enough money each month to buy food and clothing for the homeless, giving back and serving others the way I was helped. I got a school scholarship. I've learned that old wounds can be healed by letting go of them through forgiveness. I look forward to waking up every morning now. You gotta celebrate that. There were three that you got to be a part of. 
because you said it's not okay for kids to be sold because they deserve the opportunity at God's preferred future. And though you don't know them necessarily by name, you couldn't identify them in a crowd, you said it's not okay. And you took a stand and you blacked out a game and you said we are here for kids' freedom. And they had a one-day moment. Our rescue, my rescue, you know, I can never pay the price of my rescue. Jesus paid it. He paid the price we could never pay. While I can't pay the price for my rescue, it is an example I can follow and I can respond with compassion and generosity towards others. Do this and you will live. Our unwillingness to join the conversation, to help change the narrative, may just be what is standing in the way of others experiencing freedom. But God, I want you to hear it. God's inviting you. Would you be a good global neighbor? Would you join the conversation, help change the narrative, and make miracles happen? Would you join with the women's basketball team? Would you raise your voice? Would you use your influence? Would you raise your prayers? Would you get involved today to help bring freedom to kids? Be their voice, be their heart. Let's pray. Father, in my mind, I want you to take this all back to the place where someone entered our story. It was the moment of vulnerability. It was the moment of weakness. It was the uh, moment of confusion. It was, the, it was the time of risk where things could have went wrong. It's when the stakes were high. You brought somebody into our life to speak wisdom, to speak, to speak faith, to speak truth, to show compassion, to show justice, to show generosity. And because you did, we had a one-day moment, and we got to see your heart for us. And today we we sit, we stand collective. And we're asking that you would help us to hear the cries once again. And that we would stop and have compassion. And as much as it is up to us, we would respond with generosity and faith and give a one day moment to help change the narrative in the kid's life. We ask for your help in this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.